Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Good morning and welcome to the show. Happy Friday or Fry-yay or Fry-gay as we like to call it here at the Morning Beat. Any number of things could work. What do you prefer? You like Fry-yay, Char? You know, AJ, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit of a traditionalist. Oh, you just like Friday. I like Friday. You, are, you really are interesting to me because you are very like just traditional, like even keel- like even like <laughs> even like your references sometimes you're like oh I love I love watching the View and the Today Show Good I, Morning America I do. you just referenced Destiny's Child a moment ago not that they're basic or, nor- or normal but they're a little old school I only brought up Destiny's Child because our homegirl producer Vanessa said Lucy Lou so I had to oh. say with my girl Drew I love shout I, out to Charlie's Angels I love how that got you to Destiny's Child you went straight <laughs> for Lucy Lou went right to Charlie's Angels and then and independent women okay okay come on now AJ throw your hands up at me listen. Lucy Liu was good on um, Elementary, too. Did you ever watch that show? I did. First of all, I'm such a huge Lucy Liu fan. Mm-hmm. She was my favorite angel. No She's shade fantastic. to Cameron Diaz and Drew Barrymore, but Lucy Liu was the draw. She's what got me in the oh, theater. Yeah, Cameron Diaz was in that movie. Yeah, she was I, the lead angel. Was she? She was. Not in my heart, she never was. <laughs> That's the, she was number three to me. For casting, she was lead, and then Drew was second lead, and Lucy Liu was third. Oh, Drew is always my number one. Yeah, I've loved Drew since uh, E.T. Obviously, but really, Firestarter. She, what, she, what is that? You've never seen Firestarter? No. We'll talk during break. Okay. Well, she became iconic to me as Casey Becker in the original Scream film. Oh yeah, that's when, when that that opening fifteen minutes was one of the most iconic scenes in the history of film, and she just solidified herself in my heart forever. Well, really quickly, let me ask you this: Did you feel like you had gotten bamboozled because Drew is on the poster for Scream? No. They had her in the yes, trailer, yes. and then she's gone well, she within was the, the first... biggest name. Like Nev Campbell was on Party of Five, sort of, you know. So that no. was kind of a, but but the other people were all kind of like no namers at the time. I used to get Nev Campbell mixed up with Holly Marie. Combs. Shout out to Charmed. Oh, yeah. I can see that. I, I used to, see that when I was sure. a little kid. Yeah. And Courtney Cox obviously was a name, but not like she was, you know, post friends. So yeah. she was like there. But Nev, but, but, but yeah, but Drew Barrymore, I thought was the one. And I was so. She was at, there for 10 minutes. 15. And as a horror film fanatic, <laughs> I was gagged. You like horror films? It's my favorite, favorite genre by far. Okay. Oh, you, don't, you don't know me. Ask Michaela about my dream someday. My favorite genre, shout out to Jennifer Lopez. I'm a rom-com girl oh, up and down. God, of yeah, course roll, you roll are. your eyes. Roll your eyes. What's the one she did recently, Marry Me? Yeah. Terrible. Don't watch it. I haven't okay, seen it. Okay, we've got tips and tricks for you uh, for uh, traveling this weekend and throughout the summer. It's Memorial Day weekend coming up, and, and vacation season is officially here. We've got Hannah Simpson, a travel expert, joining us a little bit later on in the show to share her advice. Uh, Char Jossel, entertainment journalist, back here one more day. Filling in for Michaela Gordon, who is in a leopard bikini, no doubt, right now, floating <laughs> in a pool somewhere, hopefully face up, down in Puerto Vallarta, living her best life for pride. That was we, morbid. We love you, Michaela. You never know with this one. She's a wild child. And you're a horror fanatic. Uh, yes, I am. I've been to Puerto Vallarta with Michaela. She's a vibe down there. Okay. She's a different woman, so uh, hopefully she makes it back my next week. I think <laughs> I, she will. Look, I am available if she does <laughs> Perfect, perfect. Uh, let's get into the show. It's time for a little bit of news on the beat which I will do because Michaela is not here. Um, 
How about this? Since 1991, black LGBTQ people and their allies have flocked to the streets of D.C. during Memorial Day weekend to celebrate the beauty of the black LGBTQ community uh, and to raise awareness and funding to combat HIV AIDS. Now, after a two-year hiatus triggered by the COVID-19 pandemic, this year's Black Pride has returned with a focus on creating community. This year's events will run for four days and will attract both a local and international audience, including LGBTQ advocates from England, France, and Ghana. Curious to know your thoughts on this, Shard. Like, there's so many problems with pride festivals around the country, just being historically cis white, right, male. Um, And do you think the solution is more inclusion? Do you think the solution is multiple prides? Like, what do you see? Is there a fix to this? So, yeah, really quickly, this was something that I have thought about in the past. Inclusion is absolutely necessary, but I do understand, like, how we have black pride here in LA and in in Chicago every Mm -hmm. city has a black pride I look at that as like also a safer space in a lot of different ways but inclusion is necessary and I'm so proud and honored to be hosting pride this year and I'm so glad that there's some 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 different types of acts we got little Kim saucy Santana like it's hip-hop it's I got to tell you off air what was uh, told to me I asked for certain songs last year and I was told that they weren't pride enough and I said so what dictates what is deemed pride enough. Yeah. Because I'm hearing a lot of Kylie Minogue, and yeah. I love Kylie, Kylie and Minogue, Cher. Kylie the village people share. But I'm not hearing Diana Ross or Donna Summer. Well, Diana Ross, I'm coming out, which was actually not about coming out at all. It's I become know. like a pride anthem. Yeah. It's on our wedding <laughs> playlist, I'll tell you that much. Really? Uh, yeah, I'd love to continue this conversation. Yeah. Uh, and I love your perspective, obviously. Uh, in other news, conservatives are railing against Arizona's Department of Education for providing resources for LGBTQ plus students. In their latest attack, right-wing activists point to the department's website claiming that LGBTQ plus people groom children for sexual exploitation. There's that word again, grooming. The department provides dozens of links Links to local and national resources for LGBTQ plus students, educators, and families in its resources section. In addition, there are two chat rooms where young people can interact with one another and with trained moderators to discuss essential matters to that particular community. Conservatives are upset about that. Uh, What's but, uh, new? Be upset about gun reform. That part. That part. All right, let's do a little bit of weather. In Los Angeles, it's expected to be about 70 degrees today, 53 in San Francisco, yuck, 86 in Miami, 74 in D.C., and 101 in Palm Springs. Char, what is your vibe of the day? Well, because we were talking about my girl Drew earlier, Drew Barrymore, I picked a quote from her for vibe of the day. She says, life is very interesting. In the end, some of your greatest pains become your greatest strengths. Well, that is absolutely the truth. Oh, yo, who are you telling? Hitting my 40s has been the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. I realized so many things about myself that used to make me so insecure. I'm like, oh, that's that's the ticket. I love that. You know, Bevy Smith says it gets greater later. Oh, I know that. I worked with with Bevy recently. I love Bevy. She's fantastic. (laughs) The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. All right, so, you know, obviously one of the goals of children going to school is for them to learn about things, right? Yes. Sometimes that might mean learning about your government, learning about your nation, like the history, the laws and regulations that make us the United States, because, you know, we are a nation of laws, honey. And that is the, I'd argue that's the primary goal of kids going to school is to learn things, AJ. Sure, you would think so, right? (laughs) Uh, But what if your kids get too smart for their own good? 
This happened at a, in a small town in Montana recently. Uh, you know how a lot of times seniors will do like a senior prank before they graduate, yes. right? Well, this took place in Conrad High School in Conrad, Montana. I think their senior class has about, I think I read about 28 students in their graduating class. Right? Oh, so this is really tiny. It's a small class. Well, their principal was shocked when some of his students exploited an old law to force him to care for a dozen horses. Horses. How did we get here? Let me explain. So Raymond DeBroyker uh, is the principal of Conrad High School, told Newsweek recently that 12 seniors rode to school on horses over four miles through different towns what? and across railroad tracks because Montana has an old law saying if a student rides their horse to school, the school principal has to feed and tend to the horses throughout the day. It took He took the entire day off work because he couldn't do anything else. He had to keep these horses alive all day. How wild is that? First of all, I love horseback riding. So I know. Do I. Listen, I know people, you know, got issue with it. Shout out to the animal rights groups. You know, everybody got something to say. But riding four miles seems, I, it just doesn't feel like, well, it doesn't seem like I'd be able to walk after that. Well, yeah, they're, okay, so so <laughs> 12 students ended up actually doing this. So there were 12 horses at the school. So half of the it. graduating class. Yes, yes. And I was, I, as you know, I was on a reality show back in 2011 where we had to ride uh, stallions in Morocco okay. during this expedition. We did a 400 mile expedition. It was wild. You can Google it on YouTube and watch the whole the whole series. Um, and we had to ride stallions through the desert and, and and through all sorts of rough terrain. And we also had to ride English saddle, meaning there's no like little nub. There's no like yeah. full seat. It's just like a little teeny thing you sit on and you use your thighs basically oh, no, to hold on the whole time. And then you hold on to the ropes, but you can't, there's no real, you don't really pull on anything. You just have like this rope. It's awful. What and, if you get a, a, a temperamental stallion? Oh, I, my sister got bucked off hers and oh, chipped no. a, a vertebrae in her spinal column in the finale. It's a whole thing. And I had such like burns in the sides, insides of both of my shins Ooh. from the ropes that you could all, like see like white under there. Like it wow. went all the way down. So riding horses is no joke, but I will say in Montana, one of my good friends uh, moved to uh, Bozeman, is in Montana, I believe. Yeah, so uh, I don't know nothing about. A couple Montana. years ago, and I went to visit her. I hope I did. I went to Montana, I think, and it was gorgeous. And this is more common than you might think. Everybody has horses. They're all over the place. I mean, when I hear Montana, you know, it it does not surprise me. What I will say is, listening to your story about your sister, my mom was thrown off of a horse. Mm. I mean, nothing was chipped or anything, but my mom was thrown off when she was 17, Mm-mm. and now she is 64. Hi, Mom, if you're listening. She has yet to get back. She will never ride another horse because well, it startled her so I much. I get that. I mean, remember Christopher Reeve, Superman? Yeah. He was horseback riding, and that's how that that's how he became paralyzed. I mean, it's it, it can be very, very dangerous. Let me ask you this. Do you remember your senior prank? We didn't do one. What? I don't think we were organized enough. We had 284 students, and I think we probably couldn't get our ish together enough to agree on anything. You did a senior prank? Well, listen. So we did senior ditch day because when, when the, the— Oh, no. I was too afraid of breaking rules. No way. Oh, AJ, I got stories for days. Oh, wow. Oh, for days. But what I will say is that the they, they threatened us, like our deans and principals. Like, if there's a prank, you don't get to walk in graduation. Oh. So what we did is we did like an—like, instead of T-Ping— stuff or sidewalk chalk uh we just 
took the day off, and so just we just it was senior well, I, ditch day. Well, I had friends That's who did that, did. and they would just get high all day long. But I wasn't really into that vibe. Me neither. But I I will say this: me thinking I'm wild. This is the wildest thing I did in high school. I was a member of Young Republicans and Young Democrats because they both took different field trips to like <laughs> like theme parks. Oh my God. And I and I also my buddy was the head of the yearbook, so I went and took my photo with every single yearbook organization. If you look back, I'm in all now, of that's them. Now that's trifling, I, was, I wasn't doing nothing. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Memorial Day weekend is here. It officially kicks off uh, summer vacation season. And coming up in our next hour, we're actually going to be talking to a travel reporter from the Washington Post to give you some tips for traveling. It's been a couple of years since a lot of us have, have gotten out there and vacationed. Uh, spoiler alert, things are a lot more expensive now. So get ready for that. All right, Oof. now it's time for our entertainment journalist, Char Jossel, uh, to let us all know what's popping. Well, you know, as you know, as everyone knows by now, we lost Ray Liotta yesterday at the age of 67. Mm. He reportedly died in his sleep in the Dominican Republic while filming. He was working on a film called Dangerous Waters. By the way, did you know, I had no idea because I barely watched this show, but remember Jennifer Lopez's show Shades of Blue? Yes. He was her co-star. Of course, yeah. Oh my goodness. It's one of the more recent TV uh, gigs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nevertheless, there's an interview that he did back in September for Digital Fix that's just now bubbling up. People are talking about it again because in the interview, he revealed that he regretted turning down roles and was a little too, quote unquote, pressure about his career. Mm. Now, in this interview, he says, if I played the bad guy, then I wanted to play the good guy. And then after a while, you just say whatever's the best part. You do two bad guys in a row, so be it. Do you think, uh, as a Ray Liotta, I mean, we've all seen his work. Mm-hmm. How do you remember him as as in like bad guy roles or good guy roles? Bad like guy. The hero. Me too. He's a bad guy. Me too. I remember. He's like, he's like a gangster. He's like a mafia guy. He, but, he, but he's like a likable bad guy. Yeah. Does that mean he's not just like a villain that you hate? He's like a villain that you can kind of understand, but he's still a bad guy. Right. Yeah. He goes on to say since he was well, since he was afraid to be typecast as the mafioso following his overwhelming success in Martin Scorsese's mobster movie Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he played Henry Hill in that. He refused to play similar characters back to back. He even turned down the role of Ralphie. In The Sopranos, on HBO Sopranos. Interesting. So I find this interesting. Um, AJ, really quickly, because I know we got to get out of here. You and I talked briefly yesterday about being typecast in our careers and, mm-hmm. and hosting gigs. How do you feel about this? Can you relate to Ray? I, I, I hear, and listen, your career is so personal. And, and of course, sending love to his, his family and friends and, and co-stars. Um, what a loss too soon. But I think that... Your career is personal, and when you're an artist, especially like Ray Liotta, he's sensitive about he's your a stuff. great actor. Yeah, he's very was very very talented, and so I get why it would matter. I think to their generation, it matters more though. I think really? now, I think nowadays there's a little bit more freedom to kind of like play with your career as opposed to getting typecast forever. Well, yeah, because now you got to do be able to do everything, even mm-hmm. as hosts. We got to be able to sing, act, mm-hmm. produce, mm-hmm. edit. Like you got it's not just I picking can, a lane. I can do like two of those things. <laughs> well, that's the what's popping for this hour. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 
The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Yeah, you better save those tears for another day, unless they're tears of joy, because Memorial Day weekend is here. Summer is officially about to kick off, and in 13 minutes from right now, we're going to be joined by a travel reporter from the Washington Post uh, to give six travel tips to make it through Memorial Day weekend and the summer. Spoiler alert, everything's going to be crowded. And everything is expensive. I am planning a destination wedding in a foreign country during a global panorama, and all of my money is just going out of my bank account. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear it. It's, it's nothing's cheap. Our flights, our flights down to Mexico, right to where we're getting married. That's all I'm saying so far. Uh, used to cost about four hundred bucks a pop. Yeah, eleven hundred dollars a ticket right now. Everyone, Listen. I'm like, and, and people are booking them, and I'm so grateful. But probably because they haven't traveled in two years. Listen, I have said that these airlines are getting their money back in blood. Uh-huh. I just bought. I just got back from Nashville. My cousin got married. I love Nashville. And you know, Southwest used to be a little hookup. You know, yeah. a little Southwest. It was the secret. When I tell you, I had to get a one to get away price, and it was a round trip for like six hundred dollars. Everything has had a one not comma. A, not a one to get away price. Three digits. If but you know, I did. You know. I did just buy uh, tickets to Mexico last night, but it's for August, and my round trip was almost seven hundred. Puerto Vallarta? Yes. I love it. Have you been? I have never been. I was supposed to go for a senior trip in high school. I love PV so much. Shout out to Michaela Gordon, um, bestie. She's down there right now living her best life in a, Listen, any, gonna, a plethora of leopard. Bikini. Oh, she is right now, honey. Get in black. Get, hmm. You know, you know, I'm one of the black people. This is going to sound surprising, but I'm, you know, I'm darker hued. I am mm-hmm. not, you know, Paula Padden or Beyonce. Mm-hmm. And I burn. Yeah. Can you believe that? Like, yeah. I burn so bad in the sun. I don't know. My doctor says maybe it's something, you know, the ozone layer has mm-hmm. changed since my ancestors was out in the field, That's child. Right. <laughs> the, the, it's, it is, I burn so bad. My fiance, my fiance definitely burns, too. He's he's I, probably a little darker than you or about your color, I would say. I would say yeah. he, he definitely burns. Um, interesting, though. Be careful when you go down to Mexico. Why? The sun is different. I Like, I don't burn, but when I go to Mexico... I burn. Well, I'll be in braids and sunscreened up. Okay. SPF I love, 75. No, no, not the vacation braids. I <laughs> oh, love yes. it. You got them ready. Come on now. Box braids, you, what are you doing? What are you, you doing? Know, I'm probably going to do cornrows. Okay, okay. You know AJ. I love Come it. on now. Listen, I, I have a lot, of, a lot of female friends who do the exact same thing, and also the nails. The nails and the hair, always ready for vacation. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right, let's get into some news on the beat. The Massachusetts State Senate has unanimously passed an amendment making veterans discharged from the U.S. military under its Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy eligible for state benefits. This is a big deal. The amendment was filed by State Senator John Velas, a Democrat, who said it was time to acknowledge the sacrifices and contributions made by the LGBTQ plus service members wrongly discharged under the since eliminated policy. For far too long, thousands of courageous individuals have been told that they are not worthy of the same benefits that their comrades and counterparts earned, he said in a statement recently posted on social media, uh, that their service and their sacrifice are not worth the same all because of who they are and who they love. I grew up during Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and that was... It, it was deemed the the kind strategy at the time. Uh-huh. Bill Clinton's attempt to to allow uh, you know gay people and queer people to serve in the military, um, but also to appease the military. It was sort of as far as they could go at the time. Looking back now, it's problematic. But at the time, it was like, oh look, we're going to give you this. 
You're welcome. Which I never understood. If, if these people want to go out and, and fight for I their know. country, why mm-hmm. why are there restrictions? You're... They want to do it. Don't come over here trying to draft the rest of us. Listen, <laughs> listen. You can make make a policy that that says we never have to serve in the military and that we don't need a military and that we can spend the money on our citizens. Isn't make that, that where most where, of our money goes to as a the nation? Military, the American. Yeah. And listen, I appreciate our military. I come from a military family. Me too. I never. There was never an ounce of me that wanted to serve. Mm-mm. Not one. Whew. I'm going to go watch Top Gun soon, though. I'm really excited about Top Gun Maverick. Shout out to Tom Cruise and Jay Ellis. Closest I'm ever going to get to the military. All right, (laughs) let's move on. Thousands of students staged walkouts at schools and college campuses across the country Thursday to demand stricter gun control in the wake of the Texas school massacre that left 19 students and two teachers dead. Starting at noon Eastern time, waves of students, some wearing orange, the color of the gun violence prevention movement, abandoned their classes and headed outside to protest, often accompanied by their teachers and cheered on by their parents. The nationwide protests were organized by a group called Students Demand Action, which is affiliated with the pro-gun control group Every Town for Gun Safety. Enough is enough, the students group said on the Internet Toolkit used to organize the nationwide protest. Once again, gun violence has forced its way into our schools. We need more than thoughts and prayers. We demand action from our lawmakers now. The student group noted on its website that gun violence was the leading cause of death for children and teenagers in the U.S., I love this. I did see it, they were doing it in Southern California as well yesterday. So I was about to say when mm-hmm. I was driving home, I saw shout out to the to the kids, the youth at the local schools in my neighborhood. Mm. They were taken to the streets. I was they, honking my horn. They gave me hope. And also, that's an interesting t- statistic that gun violence is the leading cause of of deaths amongst the youth because it's beating car accidents and pools. You know, mm-hmm. car accidents and yeah, pools used, used to, to be. be the top two. It's just and now it's the hmm. guns. They give me hope. Uh, Let's do a little bit of weather. It's 70 in Los Angeles, 53 in San Francisco, 61 in Seattle, 98 in Austin, and 101 in Palm Springs. Shout out to our listeners in the Coachella Valley listening to us on 103.1 FM. We love you. Stay hydrated because it's getting hot. It's officially summer. How about a vibe of the day? Now, this vibe of the day is brought to you by Johnny Depp, and I'm only reading this because they're currently in closing arguments with him and Amber Heard. I'm not here to say who is right and who is wrong. <laughs> it seems like both of them are, have some rightness and both of them have some wrongness, but we can talk about that later. This is not a what's popping. Nevertheless, what's the vibe? Johnny Depp says, you can close your eyes to the things you don't want to see, but you can't close your heart to the things you don't want to feel, and I totally agree. And Char is officially Team Depp. Coming up in That's just a moment, true. the travel That's reporter from the Washington true. Post, joins us to give us some tips on safe, uh, effective, uh, cost-effective travel during Memorial Day weekend and beyond. More in a moment. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. Memorial Day weekend is here. That means summer is almost here. Travel season is back, and it's going to be wild this year. They're expecting uh, crowds of 2.1 million passengers each day uh, between Thursday and Memorial Day. If you add that up, that's over 10 million people traveling over the long weekend. Um, But what do we need to know uh, this year in particular after we've had a couple of years of a global pandemic? Well, we're joined now by travel reporter at The Washington Post, Hannah Sampson. Hannah, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Well, let's talk travel and more specifically, let's prepare our listeners for a little bit of sticker shock because I'll tell you, (laughs) my partner and I for over a year now have been planning our destination wedding that's taking place very soon uh, in Mexico. And the cost of a flight alone from LA is about two and a half to three times more than it was two years ago. Um, 
Are there any ways that our listeners can plan ahead and save a little money uh, during this travel season? Yeah, uh, I mean, everything is more expensive than it was not only last year, but in many cases than before the pandemic. So, so first of all, people should just like prepare themselves and and start. I, I actually interviewed somebody who told me she's been couponing in her everyday activities in preparation for trips that she has coming up later and like later in the summer. Um, but you know, you can uh, you can consider budget airlines, which is not everybody's favorite way to fly. But there are some new ones out there, um, and there are extremely cheap fares on even the major carriers that uh, come with no perks. But if you're willing to travel that way, that might be a way to save a little bit of money that you can then use for the other things that cost more now. Mm, um, like everything. And, like everything. Uh, and one strong piece of advice, if this wouldn't be good for your destination wedding, but for people who have flexibility is, you know, think about going on your trips at the end of August and early September mm. when kids are back in school and the prices have calmed down a little bit. It's great advice. In what ways yeah. can people plan ahead when it comes to, you know, these vacations and travel? Because typically I find that, you know, a lot of people aren't impulsive. We do plan, but I know that there's still a labor shortage and COVID is still a threat. So what tips can people still kind of be frugal, but still plan ahead and make sure that they still have a fun time when they're on vacation? Yeah, one of the biggest tips that I kept hearing was the importance of flexibility in your planning. So if you just know you want to go on vacation, but aren't necessarily wedded to a date or a location, um, but there are still some deals to be found, maybe in big cities where business travelers still aren't back, that have a lot of hotel rooms, but not as many people as usual. Um, that might be a place where you can find a deal. Maybe if you're willing to go, you know, midweek at a slower time, as opposed to a long weekend during a holiday, um, that's when you can find some deals. And and one thing that I've been hearing from a lot of folks when they're renting cars, because car rental prices have have been really high really wild for the last i mean really year and a half i think um is to lock that in very early and then keep checking the price like don't book and pay right away Mm -hmm. book and pay later Mm -hmm. and then keep watching the price because it might go down and then you can just rebook and pay the lower price my boss actually has done this it's, I do it all the time, and I travel a lot, and, and, and uh, we used to vacation a lot before the pandemic, and we're st- sort of getting there now because we've got our destination wedding, but we're planning a honeymoon then in the fall, and we've, course, been, yeah. we've been very flexible about like when. We got it narrowed down to a few really travel. <laughs> Greece, maybe. I don't know. We might go to Egypt. The Maldives oh. is an option. We're looking all over the place. Nice. I know. We're kind of we're, – we're, we're, we're swinging big because we've been cooped up for too long. Um, but Flexibility, the, though. That's, that's, that's the name of the game. Well, because we like to travel. So, other, uh, so just a personal tip. We like to travel to – we love Thailand. We love Bali and a lot of these other, you know, other countries in uh, like Southeast Asia, for instance, where we go are super, super affordable. Now, the flight is probably the biggest, you know, you know, the sticker shock is going to come on the flight. But once you get there, we were getting plates of, you know, pad thai for a dollar and hour long massages mm. for six bucks. Um, mm. So there are maybe also thinking outside of the box a bit and, and looking at other locations. Is that a good a good idea? Absolutely. And we we have been hearing that from a lot of experts. If you're thinking about um, 
you know, Mexico and Mexico is really expensive. Maybe consider other other countries in um, in Central or South America that might be cheaper. Mm. You know, bargain shop around the Caribbean if you've got a Caribbean destination in mind. Absolutely, don't if you can avoid being wedded to a specific location at a specific time. You'll do better. I will, I will say I went last summer to Europe for a couple of weeks with my best friend. She lives in Portugal. And if you want the European experience, mm-hmm. if you want that old world charm uh, and you want to like live your best life and do it on a budget, Portugal, Portugal, Portugal. It is stunning. Lisbon is a beautiful international city. Uh, and I had the time of my life. So thinking outside the box seems Thinking to be the theme. Girls. Yeah. And also be patient. Crowds are going mm-hmm. to be wild. Those those lack of crowds we saw for a year or so at the airport, not the same. When anymore. flights were not sixty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of crowds, you know this might be a question. You know more so related to socialization. Um, I just recently flew last month and I kept my mask on throughout the whole plane ride there and back. <laughs> and I know that the mask mandate has been lifted. And what ways can people still be smart as it pertains to that? Because there were people still coughing, mm-hmm. maskless, mm. sneezing. I literally my skin was crawling by the time I got off the plane. So what can people do to kind of, I guess, keep their head screwed on straight? Oh, man, that's so hard. Uh, I I spoke to some um, infectious disease experts when the mask mandate. I'm not going to say it was lifted, but but when it was uh, tossed aside by by a judge and they said, you know, you, you may not have to wear your mask, but they they were going to continue and they were going to wear a very good mask. Like not, not the surgical one, but like the, the N95 that has a couple of serious straps. Yeah. Um, and you know, from the moment you step into the airport until the moment you step out of the airport, avoiding eating if possible, just, you know, just to stay as, as safe as you can. So, you know, wearing the best possible mask for yourself is key. Um, being boosted for whatever booster you're eligible for um, is an, is also very important. They all really emphasize that. Oh, love, 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 love. Yeah. All such great advice. Listen, Memorial Day weekend is here. Summer travel is back. It's going to be a little different this year. Be a little patient. Be ready to spend some money. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Hannah Sampson, travel reporter at The Washington Post. I will talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. Great to be with you. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. It's a really interesting uh, conversation over on Reddit on Am I the A-Hole? We haven't done this one in a while. The internet criticized a father who purportedly told their 18-year-old child that they should, quote, be over the fact that he cheated on their mother over a decade ago. Uh, The teen explained during the post that their mom kept as much distance as humanly possible between herself and her ex after the the divorce, but she encouraged uh, the child to build a relationship with their father, saying, she told me a long time ago that she loved me, wanted me to be happy and loved uh, and not to be distant from her dad, uh, but that she would never be able to play happy families with my dad and his wife and their kids because some hurts are too deep and painful to move on. That's right. Now, during the pandemic, though, things got even worse. Uh, The teen's father and stepmother, uh, who were both frontline workers at the time, um, stated that they wanted to limit their kids' exposure to COVID. So that means that they really were, like, separating the family even further. And a lot of these conversations came up. A lot of stuff came up during COVID in families and relationships that maybe would never have come up, right? Yeah, I just saw on the Today Show there was a... a ex-wife and a new wife who actually got closer. They have a blog. They're running an Instagram account together. They're like best friends now as a result of the pandemic. Well, I think when you see like 
how quickly the world can change and how your life can be taken from you. You're like, okay, maybe the stuff that split us up wasn't so serious. And maybe there's some comfort in the, the history we had. I get that. I will say this. As I and I believe, are you are your parents together? No, my divorced. parents actually got divorced. It'll be twenty years in June. Okay, so you were. I was fourteen. Okay, I didn't know if you were going to say your age. I wasn't sure. Listen, I told you Never I have no shame in my okay, game. Good, good. I'm thirty four. I am forty one, and my parents divorced when I was probably eight or nine. I think. Okay. And I, it's not easy to to come from a, a broken home like that. And my mom was so fierce and so strong, and she worked in a factory as a single mother, worked third shift. Wow. My grandmother lived two doors away, and we would stay the night at her house every night, my sister and I. And then we'd you know, go to school in the morning, and then we would come home, and mom would wake up from sleeping during the day. Yeah. We'd then watch the CBS soap operas with her that she the recorded stories. on her v- yeah, VHS, her <laughs> stories. Um, and then, then we'd go watch Murder, She Wrote with Grandma and go back to bed. And that was I, like our cycle for our entire childhood. I love J.B. Fletcher so of good. Cabot so, Cove, Maine. So good. You're, you're, you love TV. Um, but... It's it's real though that sort of animosity. My parents have been divorced for thirty some years now, and I would be lying if I said I don't have anxiety about my wedding mm-hmm. because they're all going to be together on a vacation for a destination wedding for days. Well, they're mature. I hope. Uh-uh. Well, they're going to have to they, deal with it. The, they can't ruin your wedding. I will say, a few years ago when my sister got married, they came together for like a day, and it wasn't that bad. Uh-huh. But there's a lot of there's still a lot of stuff that they've never worked through and a lot of animosity. And my dad this is my dad's my mom is his third wife. He's on his fourth wife now. Oh wow. Um what in the Liz Taylor? I know, right? But I I like to think of him as as Victor Newman from Young and the Restless. Okay. That's how in my in my mind that's where he is. But it this is interesting and and to tell your child to get over cheating that happened 10 years ago when they were 8 years old is Pretty well, problematic. It sounds like it's one of those things where he's trying to absolve himself of that yeah. type of accountability. Because he's got if, a new family and a new... Right. Mm-hmm. So even if his ex-wife is, in theory, over it, which it does not seem that she is. She is not. Since <laughs> she created all this distance. Yeah. And you know, those wounds really do hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't police the ways in which your cheating will affect everyone else. You yeah. made a conscious decision to sure. step outside of your marriage. So you then now have to deal with the consequences that come with that because cheating does not only affect the parties involved it affects additional people especially if you are a parent and you brought life into this world it is going to affect that person that Mm -hmm. child differently than it would affect your your peer and your spouse the repercussions are real and i think the dad is the a-hole and here's why well because the mom she may be distancing herself but she's not telling her child to distance themselves yeah and that's that's where i know when my parents split for many many years my dad would always talk bad about my mom uh-huh my mom would say things from time to time but she d- didn't usually talk poorly about him he talked bad about her and about my stepdad all the time Why his ego was bruised I-, I think so because i was closer to them and i was raised by them he was pretty absent for most of my life with the divorce whose fault was it your dad's um my dad was a jerk Okay. Well, my, dad yeah. a, my dad has a little. He drinks a lot, and and he had some issues. Right. And your mom found herself and said, "I'm out of here." Well, yeah. I mean, it, it became too much, and, <laughs> yeah. and 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 I remember years ago after I'd come out to my dad, and this was his narrative for many many years. So I had to sit him down a couple few years ago and actually have this conversation with him. He, for 15 years after I came out, thought that I was gay because my stepdad was too kind oh, to no. me. He was too easy on me, and he treated me like a sissy, and that allowed me to be gay. My stepdad is the sweetest, most gentle man in the world. And my dad gets it now. Um, 
But men can be toxic sometimes. So sometimes, I think the dad's definitely the a-hole. And for this 18-year-old, I hope your parents figure it out and your dad figures it out for your part. And if you're not over it, don't be over it. Maybe get into therapy, talk to your friends, uh, and hopefully it'll get better. Yeah. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. It's the end of an era, and as somebody who is a bit of a daytime uh, <laughs> TV show, talk show aficionado, Shar Jossel, our entertainment uh, expert, uh, what's popping? Well, listen, I got to tell you, I have not watched the Ellen DeGeneres show in years, but Same. yesterday I did watch the finale. I had to put a bow on top of it. Come on now. Like, that's been, it's been 19 years. She had Jennifer Aniston as a guest, Billie Eilish as a guest, and it wasn't as emotional as I thought it would be. Like, yeah. Oprah's finale... I had snot coming from my Mm -hmm. nose. Ellen's was still, you know, a little bit lighthearted. I feel like her whole final season was kind of muted. I didn't hear a ton about it. Well, she wasn't hosting. She was, yeah, she was like, I She would be gone. She had candy hosts. Like, Mm -hmm. she was never there, Yvonne Orgy. So she wasn't really hosting, but it's because of that bad press. You know, she lost a huge Mm -hmm. chunk of her audience. But uh, take a listen to what she had to say in her opening monologue. 20 years ago, when we were trying to sell the show, no one thought that this would work. Uh, Not because it was a different kind of show, but because I was different. Very few stations wanted to buy the show, and here we are 20 years later celebrating this amazing journey together. When we started the show, I couldn't say gay on the show. I was not allowed to say gay. Uh, I said it at home a lot. I, you know, what are we having for our gay breakfast? Or (laughs) pass the gay salt. Has anyone seen the gay remote? Things like that. But we couldn't say uh, gay. I couldn't say we because that implied that I was with someone. Uh, Sure couldn't say wife, and that's because it wasn't legal for gay people to get married. And now I say wife all the time. What a beautiful, beautiful journey that we have been on together. And if this show has made you smile, if it has lifted you up when you're in a period of some type of pain, some type of sadness, anything that you're going through, then I have done my job. Because of this platform, we have been able to change people's lives. And this show has forever changed my life. It is the greatest experience I have ever had, beyond my wildest imagination. I should mention Jennifer Aniston was on because Jennifer Aniston was actually Ellen's first guest. Uh, yeah. They put together some beautiful packages that shows the history of the Ellen DeGeneres show, like it being conceptualized in segments when she got married to Portia de Rossi. And I have to say, AJ, for what it's worth, Ellen's got tons of bad press for her attitude and don't make eye contact, all of these alleged things. Yeah. But we cannot take away Ellen's cultural Impact totally. She's an icon, and she she's a trailblazer in a lot of ways, and opened doors for a lot of people just by being herself. And I, but the but the it's the sad irony that twenty years ago they couldn't say gay. Yeah, couldn't say we. And we live in America now, where we're trying to make it not possible to say gay in schools. Yeah, we're moving backwards. There's still so much work that needs to be done. The last couple years, though, a little unfortunate for Ellen. And I've had friends who've worked on the show, and they say me, that it's all true. It's all true. Mm-hmm. She is a terror to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Let's have a little fun today. But it was a good show. For many, many years, I <laughs> tuned was. in every day. Because Ellen was so lighthearted. I mean, she's Dory. She's coming out. She's doing yes. the dancing. She's pranking the people. I enjoyed the Ellen DeGeneres show, too. So it's interesting to see that this be an end of an era. You know, yeah. coming in the fall, we got the Sherry show. Jennifer Hudson has mm-hmm. a show. I think Kelly Clarkson's coming back. So the yeah. landscape, which I should shout out Elizabeth Wagmeister of Variety. Love. She wrote a beautiful article and even interviewed some producers just about how 
while the legacy talk show space is ending. It's changing. It's well, changing. Well, Karamo's got a show on NBC coming out. Replacing Mari. Yep, yep. Wendy's it, gone. Yep. Like, there's so many. Sherry, yep. Mm-hmm. Wendy and Ellen are gone. Dr. Blackity Black Black Dr. Black. Oz is gone. It's going to be great. He entered uh, politics. He's I think Dr. Seth. Phil is the only legacy host that is, that's still around. Who watches that guy? I mean, I don't. But uh, Rachel Ray, it's going to be interesting. It's, I actually had a meeting. We have meetings every day, but we're, we're pitching shows and selling concepts and things like that. And we had a meeting, and and the directive right now is nobody wants talk shows. They're like, oh, really? we got some stuff. I thought none. Is of it, it because of social media? Nobody's looking for talk shows anymore. So they, they're they're taking another crack at it next year to see what sticks. But nobody. If really... there's no talk shows, what are, what's going to fill the daytime space? They got rid of soap operas, game shows. Who knows? There, there's Ew. all sorts of things. So we'll I see. Watch that it's crap. cyclical. It's always cyclical. So what goes we'll... around comes around. I know. <laughs> Good morning, B. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. Uh, what you should not say to a gay person during Pride Month, or a queer person, or a trans person, or any person who identifies uh, as a part of our community. Pride Month is right around the corner, and some people need a lesson. Like, some people just need to, they need to know. I saw one of our uh, colleagues from another station coming in this morning. She was wearing her rainbow shoes. I was like, oh, honey, you got your rainbow shoes out for Pride Month? She goes, you better believe it. I, I support you guys. I'm like, well, okay. some lesbians might be a Upset that you said guys. You maybe you should say you all or just your community. Or some trans women. <laughs> right, right. Which does, I mean, I understand that's part of everyday vernacular, totally. but I do know some girls who get upset, you know, if, if you say guys. Well, Michaela told a story one time she was singing on a cruise ship for like a big lesbian cruise one time a few years ago. Shout out to Hacks on HBO. <laughs> I love Hacks so much. <laughs> Is there a cruise ship on there? Yeah, this oh, season. This, please I haven't watched it yet. Don't ruin please, it. You'll Memorial see. Memorial Day you'll weekend. See. We're going to binge it. <laughs> we're just now about to wrap up Flight Attendant, which is like a whole different vibe don't even get into that if you're not ready for a head, uh, head. oh I, I watched it's it. so good but um she said she went out there she's like hey guys on stage and she's uh, every single lesbian out there just looked at her like they wanted to murder her wow she's like wait what what did i do they're like we're not guys she's like oh yeah got it got it check i so, say y'all but right? that's just how i was raised i, I, I wasn't raised now. saying hey guys i'd be like hey y'all <laughs> Well, we grew up thinking y'all was ridiculous because we had cousins in Oklahoma that moved there when we were younger and they started saying y'all. And I remember being like, ain't nobody say y'all. But now as an adult, I say y'all all the time. Yeah, It's also a catch-all. It's safer. Yes. Uh, so we've got some tips for you as we head into Pride Month. Uh, we do have a lot of allies that listen to us and also a lot of problematic people of our com- own community who might get things wrong from time to time, myself included. Uh, so stick around for that conversation coming up. Uh, right now, though, it's time for a little bit of news on the beat. Let's get into it. I understand why Michaela gets lost sometimes in her news because I'm currently lost right now. Shall I start with our second story? I'll do that. (laughs) Conservatives are railing against Arizona's Department of Education for providing resources for LGBTQ plus students. In their latest attack, right-wing activists uh, point to the department's website claiming that LGBTQ plus people groom children for sexual exploitation. The department provides dozens of links to local and national resources for LGBTQ plus students, educators, and families in its resources section. In addition, there are two chat rooms where young people can interact with one another and with trained moderators to discuss essential matters uh, to that particular community. As part of CenterLink's QChat Space Initiative, young people can join scheduled conversations on various topics. In addition, the website has a quick exit option at the bottom of the page, which allows the user to click on it and be taken to a Google search page right away to protect themselves from prying eyes. That's really fascinating because when I first started looking on the internet for stuff, I'd put in like gay.com. Just trying, I, I didn't know how the internet worked in the late 90s. Yeah. 
but I would get busted. And then I had to like come up with lies. This is actually really, really interesting. Before you to me. knew how to delete the internet history. I had to call a friend one time who was our class valedictorian and say, Hey, how do I get rid of history? Because my parents found it one time and they said, What's who's looking up gay.com? And I blamed it on my little stepbrother. I'm like, I AJ. think Derek, Derek might be looking at some stuff. I don't know. I Not like, to mention, you know, uh, all computers were super virus prone back then. Oh, all, yeah. I was probably 16 or 17 and I was like, Yep, yeah, must be him. Wow. Also blamed him on, for the missing beer out of the refrigerator one time when I was lifeguarding and drinking. On the job, so I, I hope was, you have apologized. I have not. <laughs> oh my god! But uh, it's okay. Enough time has passed. He's probably forgotten about it, right? Now you sound. He, now you sound like that dad I who was just like cheating. Yeah. I know. I know. Uh-huh. Well, get over it, kid. He's married <laughs> with two daughters now. He's fine. Uh, how about this? Since 1991, Black LGBTQ people and their allies have flocked to the streets of D.C. during Memorial Day weekend to celebrate the beauty of the black LGBTQ community and to raise awareness and funding to uh, combat HIV and AIDS. Now, after a two-year hiatus triggered by the COVID-19 pandemic, (laughs) who's she? Uh, This year's Black Pride has returned with a focus on creating community. This year's events will run for four days and will attract both a local and international audience, including LGBTQ advocates from England, France, and Ghana. Interesting they they chose those three nations. England, France, Ghana. Yeah. Very specific. Uh... That's our news for today. Want me to give you a little bit of weather? Yes. Well, here in Los Angeles, it's going to be 70 degrees today, 53 in San Francisco. Why anybody lives there, I don't know. It's so hilly and cool, cold all the time, Vanessa. You lived there for a while. I love the Castro. Best city out there. Shout out to Castro. Uh, Shout uh, out yeah. to Dolores. Dolores Park. Park also really fantastic. Hey. Compton Cafeteria. Yeah, yeah. Guerneville, just right outside El the city. Rio. That was the year before Stonewall, by the way. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. A little history lesson for you there. Also, 86 in Miami. 74 in D.C. and 101 in Palm Springs. Char Jossel, our entertainment journalist, uh, what is your vibe of the day? This one is brought to you by Willard Carroll Smith, a.k.a. Will Smith. Oh, I was <laughs> like, wait, who is that? I don't know who that is. <laughs> oh, wait, so wait, 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 wait. I'm just going to clarify. Your last vibe was Johnny Depp, and now yes. you're going with Will Smith? Yeah, I a, sure you, am. You have a forgiving heart. Well, Will didn't do anything too terrible to me in comparison to Johnny. Oh, John- I hear that. What Johnny's accused of is far worse than a slap on the Oscar stage. <laughs> However, you know what? We, we could talk later. But nevertheless, Will says, if you are not willing to sacrifice for what you want, what you want eventually becomes the sacrifice. Wow. If you're not willing that wild. It's almost like he put his own name in his own quote. <laughs> All right. Pride is right around the corner. Uh, and we're going to just do a little refresher course on how to talk about queer LGBTQ plus issues during this month without stepping in it. Back in a moment. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. All right, so this is a really interesting article. Uh, you know, Pride is right around the corner, and the editor-in-chief of Attitude Magazine, his name is Matt Cain, uh, he's a writer, broadcaster, and ex-editor-in-chief, uh, put this article together. It says, what you should never say to a gay person, um, such as, who's the man? And we're talking about, oh, right God. now we're talking about like a gay relationship. Who's the man? Why did it take you so long to come out? Um I'm just going to tackle the the. These are all things you should probably avoid during Pride Month, right? And Pride Month, and is, just in general, too. yeah. And 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 to be clear, <laughs> to be clear, year round. And this article was written specifically as a gay man talking about what not to say to gay men. This is how he mm-hmm. identifies. Um, and I can relate to this this who's the man conversation because with the wedding coming up, it's brought this up a lot. Like our relationship, we've been asked so many times, like who's the man? And we're like, what the? 
what on earth does that mean? Like, are you looking at us? Like, we, we, we've we let you know we both identify as cis men. There shouldn't be a question there. Like, meaning, like, who's the top and who's the bottom or who's like the yeah. – whatever. It's funny, though, because my partner, he's always – the answer is always from both of us. We're both men. We're men who love each other. That's it. But then he's also like, but I am walking down the aisle. And yeah. I do get the bridal suite. And it's been fascinating because talking to the, the, the events team where we're getting married, they keep referring to the bridal suite. Mm-hmm. And I, on every Zoom, I'm like, it's not a bridal suite. It's two grooms. Please mm-hmm. correct that. Please correct that. Please correct that. And I've done that at least a dozen times. And they still don't quite get it. And they totally support our marriage and support our love. But it's it's planning a wedding and hearing somebody refer to your partners. They're going to be in the bridal suite. I'm like, I get that's what you print. Because that's the name of the room. That's what you printed on the door. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't mean it's accurate for everybody. But you're asking and them that's to prob- modify. Yes, it hurts. Yeah. That's well, something I think that comes that... up that annoys you that people like maybe say or ask you a lot. Ooh, um, I, I can't. I can't think of anything at the moment because I don't really get asked a lot of questions as it pertains to, I guess, my my gender or my sexuality. Maybe like, did I feel trans as a kid? Maybe that that annoys me a bit. I love that. Why? Because uh, that is a question that I would probably think of. Like, yeah, because people always ask me, when did I know? Yeah. And so I'm like, I was five or six when I knew. S- same here. Yeah, okay. Same here. It's just a matter of uh, lack of language and yeah. also lack of examples. So I went with what the world told me that I was, even though I did not align with any of that. I yeah. went with what, you know, the society told me that I was at the time. But um, I think that that kind of irritates me because I can tell that it sort of feels like one of those bait and switch conversations to try to invalidate trans youth, which I think is extremely harmful because Mm -hmm. trans kids exist. And I even argue that if I were growing up in this particular day and age with resources and visibility of the Janet Mox and Laverne Coxes and Michaela J. Rodriguez's of the world, I would have stepped into my transness much, 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 much younger. Sure. Because that visibility and these conversations and that language is accessible and it's there. And so I think that's what would irritate me. But, you know, I think that if someone's asking you who's the man of course they're coming from a very uh cis heteronormative uh lens when they ask that which is not taking away from it being problematic right but it's definitely coming from that type of lens because that's how they and a lot of us have been conditioned to view romantic and relationships to perceive it all yeah yeah and there's so many phrases that are, that are sort of triggering to me uh being called a waste i've been called such a waste What's so a many waste? times such a waste because i'm gay such a waste of women. Oh, I've been called that so many times yikes. in my life. That one really, really drives me crazy. Yikes. Um, and like, what do you like? What do you do in bed? Like, what? Like, that's nobody's business. That's, oh, people have asked me about my genitals. That's just, <laughs> Can I say that on air? Yeah. yeah okay. I mean, but yeah, I hope so. Um, if not, we're not Channel Q. Which is, which is, that is a huge line crosser. Who do you think you're talking to? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't play those games. You don't ask me about mine. Yeah, like, I why? don't. I think that's horribly invasive. Mm. And also, I think now that we're talking more about this, I think it's incredibly reductive when people do reduce trans people to what's in between their legs it's really irrelevant to their lived experience. It's a weird thing that like people think about that. It's weird that people, so many people are so hung up on that one thing. They're obsessed. And I, I just, I listen, it's so interesting to me because I, people aren't able to wrap their brains around just variety Mm -hmm. right in the world. And it's one thing for me, like if I have a friend who maybe, you know, 
transitions later in life and I have to relearn pronouns and things like that, that might take a minute and there's there's, there's mm-hmm. a little bit of space for grace. Uh, if I meet somebody as such, you're just Char. That's it. Mm-hmm. You are female. That's all I've ever thought in my entire life. That's all you ever know. And and it, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's that's where people get so caught up thinking about the details, thinking about the other stuff that's just so not necessary. I remember when Caitlin was coming out, who's problematic as AF, yeah. right? But I remember people asking about like the surgery. And I'm yeah. like, that is so invasive. It really like, is. Who, like, listen, I don't agree with a lot of what she says. I don't agree with is, any of what she says. Yeah, but that is nobody's business. I think it's because also, you know, when you're a public figure and she transitioned publicly and mm-hmm. she's also a part of the circus known as Keeping Up with the Kardashians, people feel that there is no uh, guardrail up against what they can ask and yeah. what they can say. Because, you know, people have strong opinions when it comes to that family. Um, but I do always find that very, very interesting as far as like what people deem is their business mm-hmm. when it pertains to other people's lives and bodies. And so, yeah, it can get pretty, pretty horrible. Yeah. Also, don't ask somebody uh, if they know, you know, what they prefer sexually because they've never had sex with somebody else of a different gender or a different sexual orientation. Like when I'm when people say to me, and they've said this to me so many times, how do you know you're not straight? Never had sex with a woman. How do you know? Do you flip it on them? I'm like, how do you know? Do you want to have sex with me to find how out if you're gay? How do you know gay? you're not gay? Exactly. Have but, you tried it? But they can't wrap their brain. They're like, well, that's no, because the assumption is, well, that's not normal. Well, yeah, the assumption is that so heterosexuality the, is the default. It's the norm. So just the question alone is offensive. So avoid these conversations during Pride Month. Also, I want to know, like, what is for somebody who does, because the, the, the goal is for, you know, acceptance and love and inclusion and all of these things. As a trans woman of color, people stumble a lot when they try to have conversations. I'm black. I don't say black, of black. color. Perfect, perfect. Well, you said of color earlier when we were talking about yeah. Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, so I thought Well, that's that, because Sylvia is Latin. Mar- Latin, yes. Black. Perfect. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, so for you, though, what are the ways to approach? Because like, if I said woman of color to a lot of my black friends, they would never clock me for that. But for you, it matters. So for you personally, Charge Jocelle, uh-huh. like what is the best way to 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 approach conversations about that part of your life? About me being black? Any of it. Trans- I think that it's, and we kind of were talking about this earlier, I think that it's so important to just respect everybody's individual personal politic because mm. the trans community is, I think, only 5% of the nation. It's a very small, you know, population. And then on top of that, representation is even more small. Mm-hmm. And the issue comes in when, you know, we're not monolithic, but people will take, like someone listening might take Char's personal politic and apply it to all trans people, yeah. which is wrong and bad yeah. because not everybody agrees with me or some of the things that I might say. And so I think that my, I think that respecting, if you're talking, if you're in conversation with Char, you got to acknowledge, you got to walk away from that saying that is Char, what Char has to say. Mm-hmm. That is not applicable to every trans person I come across. So when I go talk to Laverne Cox next, I can't just assume that everything you believe she believes. You're absolutely there right. There you go. <laughs> you're, and so when I go talk to someone like, I don't know, Ross Matthews. Oh, oh you are not going to. I knew it. That's, that's the one. The one that cuts deep, Char. That I didn't mean it, AJ. Deep. I didn't mean it. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. If you know one thing about me, it's that I absolutely hate being included in any sort of group thread, group chat, group emails. <laughs> I hate, I don't like, no, I like a little group situation from time to time. No, no, but I don't like okay, being involved now. in group chats. Drives me crazy. 
Channel Q has a group chat. I never, I never engage. I'd rather be, I don't, I'm not a fan of group chats either, but for what it's worth, I'd rather be in a group text thread than group email thread. Because I can silence the notifications and just go about my day. I I will never forget the day that Michaela Gordon added me to the Channel Q thread and I said, don't you ever dare do that. Well, I'll never forget the day I was removed from it. I'm back now. Hi. <laughs> oh, Hi, everyone. Shade, shade. <laughs> okay, which is why I love this story because uh, if you know two things about me, the first, of course, is the group chat thing. Uh-huh. The second thing, though, is that I can't stand people who are flakes. If you're going to flake on me, we're not going to build a, re- a relationship or maintain the one that we may have already had, which is why this is really interesting because this talks about uh, uh, somebody removing uh, friends out of a group chat after they skip plans enough times. What do you think about? Well, first of all, what are your thoughts? You you don't like you, you, oh, you're yeah. okay with the group chat because you can silence it. Yes, but if somebody's flaking on you. If what does you, that What does that say to you? If you flake on, it, it shows me that. I'm not a priority. And this is actually, ooh, you kind of triggering me a little bit because one of my former friends, um, he and I got into a huge argument. Part of the reason was that there seemed to be no incentive to like hang out. But like he had no issue calling me and we'd be on the phone for hours. Mind you, we're both in LA. But when it came to like hanging out, he started acting a bit weird. And I don't know why. That's not my business. Um, but flaking is the quickest way. If you want Charjacel out of your life, flake on me. That is the one of the quickest ways for me to leave. I can't stand flakes, but turns out I might be one of them. So this is what I've no, learned about AJ. myself. This is what I've learned about myself, I think, during the pandemic. I've been in a lot of therapy and I've really um and also going through like this wedding planning process. Uh-huh. Right. Where I have to follow up with people and shoot them a text every now and then and find out, you know, what their plans on or whatever plans are like for their flights or their things like that to make sure they're all booked and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I oftentimes will go back to a text and I'm like, oh, it's been four months. I didn't respond to the you last text. You thought you responded. And I always, I always think that I did. Like I never... I never You planned. respond in your head. A thousand percent. And I'm juggling so many things that I think, I, then I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh God. I also, uh, I am really not great at following up on plans. And that's a very LA thing. Like, oh, we need to get cocktails. Let's grab a happy hour or go to dinner. And I'll follow up once or twice. Mm-hmm. And usually it's like a lot of back and forth. And I just don't have time for the back and forth. It's no. too exhausting, right? But what I've learned about myself is to a way to sort of like get around that is to let people know like hey let's get dinner also don't like don't be afraid to follow up with me if if i if i reach out and then i forget or something happens follow up with me because i will just forget it's not because i don't care about you it's not because i don't want to get to know you this is for like new friendships that yeah. i'm trying to build and, and nurture but sometimes I just forget genuinely. So I'm guilty of it, too. Yeah. Uh, listen, one of the hardest lessons I learned last year, one of the toughest pills I had to swallow is oftentimes it's not that people are unable. It's that they are unwilling. OK, because mm. you make time for what you want to make time for the way in which I eliminate what you just mentioned, because, I mean, L.A. has rubbed off on me as well. If I make plans, I typically in that moment set a date so instead of saying let's grab drinks i'll say let's grab drinks i'll, I'll whip out the calendar i do that sometimes when, too. wednesday yep. at seven <clears throat> you know and that then kills it i can put it in my calendar and then it's there instead of this you know this this effervescent back and forth of when are you free or hey girl i know i was supposed to yeah this potential just, date down the road somewhere yeah. that's never going to come to fruition because you never didn't put it in your calendar i do do that it's funny because <laughs> i will say that 
Okay, good. Somebody who you know is a really good friend of mine. Um, he's gotten really busy this last year. Like he's he's a writer. He's selling shows. He's just busy. Yeah. And he's been on set like, filming for weeks. And all of a sudden, when he started to get so busy, and he's like, "Hey," he's like, uh, "I'm like, hey, I miss you. Let's let's get together. I haven't seen you in a while." I was like, "Oh, let's do a brunch." I'm like, "Oh, perfect." He's like, "Okay, I'll have my assistant reach out." And I was like, "Wait, what? What?" What? No. What? Oh, he big time we're now. Text, we're texting right now. He's like, I'm sorry, my schedule's just so crazy. I, like, I, it's not my schedule anymore. Like, I'm on so many other people's schedules yeah. now. So I'll have them reach out. And at first, I was a little bit like, okay, that's offensive. But I would have curled my lip up at that too. But also, it's kind of baller too, because I'm like, I get it. And I respect yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And and so we sometimes we go through the assistant to book things together, and it's made me more comfortable saying, you know, kind of doing what you do, saying, okay, cool, let's get it scheduled now. Yeah. Because my calendar is wild uh but and things change so quickly with the calendar so true just don't add me to a group thread (laughs) the morning beat with aj gibson and michaela gordon channel q i feel like i've heard that song before it's almost like 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 deja vu isn't that is that is that corny yeah that was very corny corny. that was like a dad joke well i'm about to be i'm a a daddy that was was definitely a a dad i've been a daddy for years (laughs) shout out to annabelle england we've had her on the show love that song uh this this story is interesting to me uh it's time for our final round of what's popping for the morning entertainment journalist char jossel filling in for michaela gordon uh what do you have for us well, AJ, I'm going to ask you a question that you've probably heard a million times over. Mm. Want to be on top? Eh, usually. This is about Tyra oh. Banks. Oh, you don't want me to answer. <laughs> Got it. My bad. This story is about Tyra Banks. Well, reportedly, she is at odds with Dancing with the Stars. You know she was just recently named the host and executive producer. And she's rumored to be on her way out. Now, I don't know how valid this is. This is just according to sources, okay? I think it's real. It's really? Uh-huh. Well, I mean, based on what the streets say. Well, she's hosted one season so far. Yeah. And the, the ratings were abysmal. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, the streets have said mixed reviews around Tyra and her personality. Who's the streets? Mama Joyce? Uh-uh. Who's, who's, who's the streets? Who's telling you this? Todd. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, uh, according to the source, production has been a mess with no clear direction of where the show is going, which is why certain producers have been axed in recent months. Mm. And the mix of behind-the-scenes chaos and the historically low ratings ultimately have been the nail in the coffin. ABC did not feel that Dancing with the Stars was, I guess, worth the investment because you know it's moving to Disney Plus. Yeah, that's that's like a death sentence. You think so? Kind of. For season 31 and 32, it's interesting. When when NBC shifts things to Peacock. Yeah. Okay, do you know that show that came out months ago uh, about where they're living in like a Bridgerton sort of like reality yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. And it came out. It was and, supposed to be on Bravo, right? No, it was supposed to be on, it was on NBC for one episode. Uh-huh. And then they pushed it to Peacock. Terrible. I, I thought that that was such a, a terrible idea for a show. In, in theory, it seemed like it would have been interesting because of Bridgerton, but like it was too, too no. Bridgerton don't have that much fanfare behind it. Like it's a popular show, but it ain't. It don't have that much fanfare around it to craft a reality dating series around yeah. it. But nevertheless, uh, yeah, this is moving to Dancing with the Stars is moving to Disney Plus, and they are saying that Tyra, like I said, this is according to a source that it's not looking too good over there. I'm gonna say this. You know who's happy? Who? Tom Bergeron, he's like, look, y'all, 
<laughs> you, you kicked me out unceremoniously. But you, know, but you know what? In fairness, in the name of what was his co-host, Brooke Burke? She was one of them. Okay, Brooke t- Burke Charvet. Aaron Andrews was his last co-host, though. Oh, Aaron. That's Andrews. That's who got let go with him. But what I was going to say, AJ, is that this show is like in season thirty something, and everyone's yeah. been on this show from Kim Kardashian to Wendy Williams. Yes. So it could also just be a natural loss of interest because who are they going to have now? Addison Ray? Like they're running out of people to sure. to put on this show. It's thirty seasons in. I I think that Tyra just felt like such a wild card, like a curveball. Oh, definitely. Like, it makes sense. Like, you know, obviously Derek and Julian Huff, they're very popular from the show they've been on. Like, or like Cheryl Burke would have been an interesting choice. Or like somebody who's been on, Maxim, like some of the people who have been pros on the show who've maybe aged out would have been interesting to me to keep it in the family. Tyra, like, there's no correlation between Tyra Banks and dance in my brain. So it felt like an odd choice. Having come in season 30. Yeah. Tom was there from day one. I also am just not a huge fan of Tyra on this show. Fair. I, I do have think to. she's great. I must say, I interviewed Val and Jenna, who are two. They're a married couple, love. and they're both dancers on that show. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with them. Oh, I love it. They were just the greatest. It yeah. was it was the greatest. I fell in love with them. And you know, Jenna made history because she was JoJo Siwa's dancing partner. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, do you ever think that we'll see a, a Dancing with the Stars, you know, where there's two men paired up? Because it's easy for America di- to digest two women, yeah. especially two femme women mm-hmm. paired up. Do you ever think that we'll see Billy Porter on Dancing with the Stars with a man? Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, that's what's going on in the What's Poppin' TGIF. Mm-hmm. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. All right, so conservatives are at it again. MAGA supporters uh, have hit a new low of madness with what may be the dumbest conspiracy theory to sweep through MAGA social media. And I, But I caution when I say dumb because people buy into this stuff and, and, and these insane conspiracy theories become very, very dangerous very, very quickly. Um, a doctored image has the far right believing that Kellogg's you know, Kellogg's, they make cereal and, and Pop-Tarts yep. and things like that, mm-hmm. has announced that one of the mascots for Rice Krispies cereal is transitioning. So the three mascots are Snap, Crackle, and Pop. Mm. We've seen the cartoons. They're adorable. We grew up with them. Of course we did. Along with Tony the Tiger and the, yes. and the, and the, and the, the Honey Loops, Smacks Frog. and The Captain. I was called a Fruit Loop oftentimes as Captain a kid. Captain Crunch. You know what my nickname was? Well, his name was? was Toucan Sam. You know what my nickname was? What? A- or Apple Jacks. Because of AJ. Oh. Some people called me Apple Jacks when I was a kid. And it was the now, pool. that's a cereal I hadn't heard the, the name mm-hmm. of. In a while. Do they still make Apple Jacks? I don't know. They're kinda, they kind of taste kind of weird, to be honest. Um, but <laughs> they don't this, taste like Apple. This doctored image, um, is, it's completely false and made up, though. Mm-hmm. However, this is where we live. This is this. These are the kind of attacks being hurled by the Republican Party and by these conservatives. And, and so the conversation will then become, well, no, this is doctored. It's not real. Where I wish the conversation were is, what if it were? Why would well, that see, be an issue? See, here's my thing. As you were reading this story, I was thinking to myself, like, I could see how people could believe this in the name of Eminem Mars and what they did with the M&Ms. I hate that they took yeah. the green Eminem out of her pumps mm-hmm. and put her in those Ellen DeGeneres kids. We all do. It was terrible. So it is believable. But also, this does speak to what I often yell in this microphone about the media literacy among the public, mm-hmm. amongst the public. 
And I mean, it's no surprise to me that this specific demographic, this specific corner of the political base is 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 not really taking a deep dive into making sure that they are, you know, cross checking things before they get to, you know, having steam come from their ears and take to Twitter mm. using all 180 characters or whatever. Well, it's it's interesting to me that, well, first and foremost, uh, Snap, Crackle and Pop, from what I can tell, are elves, but they, they do look like white male elves, to be fair. What in the uh, name of Keebler? So, so maybe, maybe you think like they're related, yeah, right? I, do you they think do look related? like they're like first cousins, yeah. direct first cousins for sure. Um, on their mom's side, I think. Mm-hmm. But that's a bigger <laughs> issue to me. Like it, 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 it kind of makes me feel like, and I can't relate to to as a trans person, like how you must feel you when sure you can. hear these ridiculous stories. But I can relate as a gay man how it feels when the argument is always, well. Well, God made us this way, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's how we try to get like Christians off our backs and get them to love and accept us and to not judge us and condemn us. But then where I, where I really wish we were is what if God didn't? What if I just one day chose to be this way? Well, see, that, well, that is also— that also be okay? Well, that's also the inherent issue here. Mm-hmm. We live in the United States, which, which is a Judeo-Christian nation, mm-hmm. and we're supposed to have the freedom. What if I am a trans atheist? Yep. I should have the freedom. Well, I'm supposed to. Sure. Under the the great United States of America, have the freedom to live a well-rounded, prosperous life without you jumping down my throat with your religion. Mm -hmm. And so people never really acknowledge that. And the line is towed so like, I mean, look at all of what's going on right now with reproductive rights. Everything is so laced in religious dogma and doctrine that there is no separation of church and state. I grew up in the Catholic Church, went to Catholic school and Catholics by and large do not vote Democrat because of the pro-life, pro-choice debate. That's it. Even, or also even, because, you know, there's other people, you know, there's uh, there's not a lot of... No, I get that. But Democratic I, Party is very multicultural. Sure, but, <laughs> but as somebody who grew up in a conservative Catholic community, mm-hmm. the, the one issue they pay attention to is abortion. Okay, so For let me ask you this. When the babies get here, why ain't they taking care that, of them? They won't even have the conversation. They're not even open to that conversation. Because they're they're not. They think it's murder, and that's it. Period. Point blank. End of sentence. That's it. It's that okay. So where's for them. where's that energy for the priest that's going around allegedly touching the t- the kids? Listen, where's that same hey, energy? Grab a copy of my book, flipping the script, and I will talk <laughs> about being a young boy and and learning what I learned about what I thought it meant to be gay at that time in the wow. '90s when all those when all those scandals were breaking out. You know, I the, the two issues were always conflated. Like being like gay and being like sexual sexual predator sexual were the same predator, thing, yeah. and that's what I thought. I was like, "Is this what I'm going to be someday?" Yeah, because I was an altar boy. I did sing solos in church. I went to Catholic school. My priests were incredible. Yeah, yeah my yeah. teachers, the nuns that taught me, were incredible. I never had any of those Sister Mary Claire. I had I had Sister Laura. I had Sister Nancy. Um, I, it, they were incredible to me. Yeah, right. So I didn't have that experience, but I thought, but it really messed with me as a kid, and I will never go back to the Catholic Church now. Yeah. Um, to be clear, Kellogg's has been, you know, coming out in support of our community recently. Uh, they did it together with Pride, which is a limited edition cereal that was released last year to celebrate Pride. I reported on yeah, that. Yeah, and also I, I'm pretty sure the uh, Leprechaun on Lucky Charms is very gay. I, I mean, How better do be. it. Maybe I don't know. I don't want to judge. But, Catch um, me, Lucky Charms. Calm down, <laughs> conservatives. That's all I have to say. Tell me something good. All right, so the weekend is finally here. It's Memorial Day. It's the kickoff to summer. It's supposed to be celebratory, but with all the tragedies taking place uh, recently, it's it's hard to stay happy. 
and in a positive mind space. But I'm going to do my best to help you uh, flip the script on, 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 on a really, really sad, tragic moment recently. Uh, as we head down to Texas, comfort dogs were sent to Texas to offer support for following the elementary school shooting. Now, several dogs were among, among the responders sent to Texas on Wednesday, one day after a gunman opened fire in the city of Uvalde. Uh, the trained animals are all part of the Lutheran Church Charities K, uh, K-9 Ministries. It's a K-9 unit that travels across the U.S. to provide comfort and support to people impacted by disasters such as mass shootings. Um, this is beautiful. I love, I can't even tell you how much joy my dog Kingston has brought into my life in the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Early pandemic was terrifying yeah. for all of us. For a lot of different reasons. No end in sight. And a lot of time alone with your thoughts, you know, separated from others, you know, maybe tempted to go back into old habits. Lots lots of bad stuff happening. I did go back into old habits. Well, see, listen, we've all... Meaning I cut someone off mm, and the pandemic made me open the door again. And I should have kept the door closed. Loneliness is wild. I should have kept um, it closed. (laughs) But I'll tell you this, my dog has made me feel so loved and so safe over the years, never protected because he's such, he'll literally roll over and ask for a belly rub if, if any intruder were ever to enter our home. But um, I think this is beautiful, and it's unfortunate that these canine units even have to exist, right, because we have so many tragedies all the time. Um, but I'm glad these kids got some comfort because what a scary time, right? Yeah. Mm. What do you have for us? So there's a mom in the Bay Area. Now, granted, she is paying $92 a month. So at first I was like, well, what what is going on here? Wait, when we say Bay Area, does that mean San Francisco? You know, I think so. I think well, they don't sub- get specific in this article. There's a couple different Bay Areas. I think it, it actually means, is the San Francisco okay, good, Bay good. Area. Well, she is pumping her breast milk and donating to families. Now, this is prompted, of course, because of the baby formula shortage mm-hmm. that has sent parents around the country into panic yep. over the ability to feed their babies adequately. Now, she pays $92 each month without medical reimbursement in order to supply families out of luck with finding formula during the crisis. She's 35 years old and she's pumped several thousand ounces to donate milk to, to, excuse me, donate two milk banks and families, including one adopted baby. Isn't this wild? Like both of these stories are like, they're good, happy stories, but out of like a terrible necessity. Well, yeah, I, that it makes me think of like how people are like those feel good stories like oh she worked six jobs to get to get her degree yeah. and and had no life outside of class and yeah. work and it's supposed to make us feel good yeah, and instead it's like, of saying why that's why actually did she have pretty to? screwed up yeah well listen we're trying to find find a positive spin it's a wild and it's shout, been a wild wild week shout, shout out. out to uh, her name is Chiara Soddle, I mm. believe so mm. shout out to her because she's out there doing the work and okay. hopefully nourishing babies in, in the Bay Area that's and around a, the country. That's that's right. Listen, it, it, it's important that we're here for each other. It takes a community. It takes a village. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by all week, Shar, and helping out while Michaela parties in Palm, or not even Palm Springs, Puerto Vallarta. Gosh, who knows where she is right now? I think she's in Puerto Vallarta. Um, thank Anytime you, thank you, you thank need you. me, AJ. Oh, I appreciate that so much. I love working with you. Uh, right now, though, uh, we want to tell you to have a fantastic and safe Memorial Day weekend. We'll be back on Tuesday. But for now, we've got three hours of curated music just for you. And then let's go there this afternoon. Also with Char Jossel. As if You're you all busy, can get enough of me. Busy girl. <laughs> have a great weekend. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 